Nurses and Hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. Okay, if you've been listening to Nurses and Hypochondriacs since this whole pandemic has started to go down in 2020, you know I've said it many times on this show that we are living in a dystopian comedy. That is the genre that we are living in. I mean, and you can't deny it when you read article headings, headlines that say, Anal swabs are now being used to detect COVID in China, and people are actually bending over and getting that done. Or that you gotta now wear three masks to go outside. You're not allowed to breathe the air. You can't. You can't breathe anymore. So for sure, you know, we're living in a dystopian comedy. I got it. I mean, I personally am just waiting for that part in the movie where Ashton Kutcher jumps out in front of the world and says, you've been punked. I know it's going to happen pretty soon. In today's episode, I have invited my friend Masaki Miyagawa to discuss all the high strange. I mean, he's been bombarding me with these articles for days on anal swabs and triple masking and all a lot of other weird stuff, but we're going to talk about it. We're also going to touch up a little bit about radionics and uh, using radio frequencies to heal. My friend Masaki is a consultant. He's an author And he's also a public speaker, and he's based here in Los Angeles. So this should be a super fun episode that you won't want to miss. But first, a word from our sponsor. Sequels. Some of them are good. Most of them are bad. But on the Sequels Revenge podcast, we're here to celebrate all things sequels. Host John Coulomb and Bill Posley bring on a guest to talk about their favorite movies, and then we pitch a sequel to it. It's a sequel that nobody asked for, but one that we'd like to see. Then we go away, write the first five pages to the sequel, bring in a table of actors to read it. So if any of this sounds appealing to you, you should download Sequels Revenge podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play stores. Welcome to the show, Masaki Miyagawa. Hey, what's happening? <laughs> so, so tell us about yourself. I mean, we met on Facebook. Yep. We kind of ran into in the same kind of social media circles because you really can't have networking friends anymore. And I was mm-hmm. listening to NPR today and they said that these secondary relationships, I forgot what they called them. They kind of pitied these relationships that we have in the outside of our familial relationships, right? Mm So they kind of made them not important, but they're important. Uh, So they're saying that because people don't have these relationships anymore, like with their hairdresser or with the guy at the donut shop or wherever, uh, that people are going into QAnon conspiracy theory groups because they don't have that uh, everyday relationship that, that, thing. I, I, I don't think par- par- partially maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would say this. Uh, American culture is very selfish. Of course, we've been uh, 
socially engineered to be this way. But uh, if you go to Latin America, Asia, people tend to have more extended family and they're most, more sociable. So people in the US traditionally, although now it seems to be collapsing, had a higher standard of material living. But as far as social currency, and some may call spiritually, it's become weaker and weaker over the decades. That's very true. Mm -hmm. People are too busy watching Netflix to see other people, you know. Well, also, um, when you come to hard times or a time of crisis, which we are entering now, if you do not have a family or a social network, you cannot survive because, you know, it's not just being able to go to auntie or grandma's house or go to your parents' house, maybe have something to eat and talk. It's, uh, you know, if you're isolated in a time of crisis, you can't survive as an individual in general. It's going to be much more difficult. So that's why, you know, you don't want to be poor, but there are people, say, in Philippines, in Latin America. I go to Brazil a lot. There's people that can survive with little means, but they are very rich in terms of the friendships they have, right? So That's very true. I just wrote it. <clears throat> article a blog for a company that I write blogs for and I wrote about love and relationships mm -hmm. and all the research is there people who have more relationships and even close-knit relationships like marriage or family that they live with live much longer than a single person would well also I was talking to a guy that's uh retired military he's on disability now because of his time in the service and he was a CEO, a correctional officer for uh, quite a long while. And we were talking about what is one of the most effective ways to break a person down while incarcerated. Do you know what it is? Solitary confinement. It's isolation. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Solitary confinement. Most people cannot handle that. But there are certain weirdos like me and other people in the fringe area. We've already been doing this for like 10, 20 years. I've been doing it for quite a long time. I mean, if you're a writer, it's normal. Right. If you're a writer, well, creator, scientist, it's kind of normal well, to spend a lot of time by yourself. Painter, same thing. Well, you know, thinkers, because I do numerology, right? So when I'm doing readings, if I see uh, number seven pop up, that's a number of a thinker. So it could be anywhere in the chart, but for sure, if you're born on the seventh of the month or it combinates to seven, like 16, seven, that's, that's a thinker. You know, they're usually uh, smarter than the average bear, but it's connected to Neptune Pisces energy also. So they would, so this is in the archetypes explained through say astrology. It tends to be a hidden or isolated personality so you're talking about people that are writers thinkers people that have been looking right. into these fringe areas we've already been isolated we're kind of been used to it right yes but true. but now in one year and i'm hearing this quite often now in one year the average people are saying they can't take it anymore they yeah. just want to go back to normal and you know one of the things that i think is 
it creates a, a, a subconscious pressure is when there's no noise, all of the hidden things, the unresolved issues start to come to the surface. So true. And that can be very difficult. But guess what? Everything wants to reach equilibrium or balance, right? So those are things that have to be released. And we all have them uh, from uh, the way we grew up, uh, family expectations. Uh, maybe somebody was verbally abusive, could be physical abuse, some traumas. Even something as simple as you felt you were the odd one out among the siblings or something like that. These are all things that have to be resolved at some point. But guess what? When there's complete silence, then it starts to come out. Then you could hide it all you want before because most people, they're busy with their job, uh, girlfriend, spouse, especially if you have kids. You don't have that much time to yourself. Got a lot of time to yourself, right? So they, they they say that these are the transformational times when uh, you have a serious illness, uh, you're bedridden, out of work. But guess what? The whole planet's basically in the situation now. So it actually benefits us that have already kind of been through this. But now the the fringe is ahead of the mass. So... Our kind of people are actually probably best suited to handle these times now than the average public. That's how I've seen it because I, I've had many shifts in my life. Like it was in 99, Mm -hmm. 2012, Mm -hmm. uh, 2015, uh, 2017, like many awakening Mm -hmm. shifts and um, where I had to kind of isolate and just do Mm -hmm stuff uh and i was mostly creating uh, my business and everything and um people were just weird people were just like what are you doing and all freaked out <laughs> and so now uh-huh. i sit back and i'm like they can't handle it you know which is why i have my storytelling classes where people come on and they're exploring all those things that are coming up to the surface uh-huh. through the writing prompts that i teach so it was all divine intervention somehow. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, and how I'm you a, got into what you do. I'm a East Side boy, although technically East Side is across the LA River, but a lot of people will say that Silver Lake is East Side. Technically, if you're old school LA, you have to cross the river. But for people that live west of La Cienega, Silver Lake is East Side, right? <laughs> so yeah, so I was actually born at Kaiser Sunset. How about that? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, went to Marshall High School. Oh, wow. So we had a lot of, quite a few names came out of Marshall. Uh, it's uh, in Silver Lake. A stone's throw away from the Trader Joe's in Silver Lake. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to UCLA. I uh, went to UCLA. Was a Chinese language major. I don't oh, know why. Wow. But you're Japanese, right? Yeah. But, you know, like China, Korea, Vietnam all have a cultural influence from China. So um, my my mom's side is Buddhist priest. So uh, I was kind of following that in my own way. Um, And then, yeah, so I was at UCLA. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but I was taking, you know, Chinese language and 
history classes and then uh, graduated kind of bounced around a while because the when I graduated it was kind of like the, that dot-com bubble the youngsters may not know but around the year 2000 there was this thing called the tech bubble and then uh, I ended up doing a video production at the Japanese American National Museum in downtown LA little Tokyo mm-hmm. great experience um, then around 2005 I quit my that was the last time I had a nine to five job because I had some serious things starting to happen that pushed me towards the esoteric side. And I took a one year course in uh, basically psychic work. There's a clairvoyance, Santa Monica. Oh, awesome. And then uh, but that was just the beginning because, you know, I had uh, I had some traumatic things I was picking at. I couldn't exactly identify what the problem was, but it was like peeling it. So this is after one year of doing, you know, basically moon people work because you have this in the types, you have the sun and the moon. The moon is, is the sacred feminine, right? So we're digging at the, the Jungian subconscious world, right? Anima, animas. And I realized at, this is after one full year it's like your problems are actually up against your face or yeah. it's like uh, it's like right above you but it's so huge you don't even see it mm-hmm. and once i started peeling the onion <laughs> i'm like oh, yeah oh man you know and uh, some four little words and i was like wow and that was after one year of self-examination and then from there it probably took me another maybe you know five six years till i made another major leap and then a few years after that and you know i'm still messed up but (laughs) we're all a little unbalanced but i'm not walking on eggshells anymore oh me neither me neither yeah i I think Uh last year i was still a bit of an eggshell walker Mm -hmm. um but not really just amongst certain people and then now it's as soon as 2020 hit, mm-hmm. a lot shifted. Like I felt well, much more comfortable and much more zen. Well, the thing is, is that, um, you know, I have a great respect for the Western medical science. If you break a bone, if you have some need of surgery, they're experts. But that's only one half of the equation. So we know there's things such as Ayurveda, uh, traditional Chinese medicine. And they're working from the energetic side, right? Because in their concept, it's not just the surface level conditions or symptoms. What is the root? Where's this coming from? Exactly. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. that has to also do with trauma that gets embedded. Yeah. And, and uh, that's basically energy. But another yeah. word for energy is spirit. So, <laughs> you know, uh, basically the mainstream does not really, um, value those kind of things right but i think we're coming to a point now that in the laboratory in hard science they are starting to root out these uh, subtle energies they call you know there's other bandwidths of energy that we're not taught in the mainstream 
Well, it's quantum physics. I mean, uh, this is a good segue topic. Like, I just started studying, I, and basically, I study all kinds of stuff. Uh-huh. I mean, in the nurse practitioner world, they're like, go get a doctorate, you know, go get a, a DNP, doctorate of nursing practice. I'm like, oh, they couldn't teach me all the stuff that I'm learning right now. I mean, about quantum physics and about how, um, just stuff works, just how the universe works. Like, for example, I've been studying a lot about quantum entanglement. Yes, right. And uh, it's what... um... (laughs) I'm I'm holding up one of my voodoo boards called Radionics Board. Yeah. So um, do you know about quantum entanglement? Do you want to talk about it? Well, you know, the thing is, you can read about it, but... When you start, you. when you start applying it, well, actually, we're doing. We've been doing it since the time we're born. We just don't realize we're doing it. But then uh, there are various homeopathic fields that use, you know, circuitry, electronic boards, and such. And it's been going on in the form we know for you know a little over a hundred years. A field called radionics. And basically, you're using the holographic field. Now, how it actually works, I think, I think probably they already know. At the deep black level, they already know. But in the, the above board, we need a lot more focus, study, literature written about this. Uh, and not abstract, but applied knowledge, right? Which is... You know, people can't see it, but I'm I'm holding up some of these boards here. <laughs> and, and basically, uh, I can tell you A plus B equals C. How the internals of it exactly work, I may not have the complete answer. But basically, if you the cool thing is, if you start using the knowledge of these uh, subtle energies. Some call it the scalar field. Russians who did some of the experts in these these holographic uh, effects are in the Eastern Bloc. Uh, Russian called torsion field. You know, the, every culture had a name for. They, they they had an idea that there was a pervading energy that ran through everything, but you couldn't necessarily see it with your naked eye. You know the the Nordics had the Odic force. You had the Prana from the Vedics, the Eastern uh, East Asia. They had China, they called Chi. Japanese right. called Ki, same thing, right? So many cultures or like say the um, Polynesians, they, I think they call it uh, Mana, right? Yeah. So it, it's Mana like, God, right? Isn't that it, what they, uh, well, you know, the kahunas, they got the voodoo. So, the, you know, like they got <laughs> powerful energy. You know, this guy you don't want to mess with. He drives, a, he draws a line in the sand. You cross that line, you're going to be jacked up. Oh, wow. Have you ever been to New Orleans? I went to the cemetery in New Orleans uh-huh. in 2019. And as I walked in, because I, I, I forget how many, I think you could probably could feel it. There's like 3,000 uh, people buried in one of these uh-huh. cemeteries. And when, as I walked in, it was like, whoo, my face lit mm-hmm. up. I was on fire. There was so much energy there. It was intense. And our docent was even talking about that, which was mm-hmm. way interesting. 
Well, I mean, uh, I've never been to New Orleans, but I've been to Rio de Janeiro in in Brazil, and they say it's similar. And um, I'll say two things. There's probably something about the location that has energy to it, but the people's belief can charge the the space. So, and this goes back to you know these kind of invisible energies that the so-called experts, the, the, you know, the scientific experts, they say it doesn't exist. Of course, in actuality, the top scientists are all occultists, right? Right, they are. <laughs> but uh, this is the thing. The people think in the terms of yes, no, you know, right, wrong, or, you know, it, it's very black and white, but there's a lot of gray area because for example, in a lot of Latin America, which has a lot of African influence, right? They have the Santeria, which came from Ifa, from Africa, right? In Brazil, they also have a Santeria, but they call Candomble or Umbanda. It is basically a combination of the Catholic saints with the African gods, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, some people would say, this is ridiculous these what are these people doing you know but whether these gods and saints existed or not before in point of fact if the people believe the saints are real they are real yeah because they're putting their their belief process it's the thought yeah they're charging the thought form. Charging yeah. the thought form. That's how strong we are. I, I mean, uh-huh. they have those candles, you know, uh-huh. uh, where uh, you can find them in Mexican market uh-huh. for pretty cheaply, and they they have like love uh-huh. candles, like bring me love, uh, ven a me, like uh-huh. try to get someone to you. But that candle alone has nothing. It's useless. It's it's, it's the person. It's the person. It's the energy uh-huh. that you infuse it with. You know. Uh-huh. How powerful so, you are. So, so basically, I mean, we're you know, powerful beings, but we're told by Big Brother, whoever you want to call it, that we're not. We're we're just useless people, and and we're we're just followers, well, and that's it. Well, I have a lot to say about that because I deal. Well, I think about this stuff all day, and I deal with it all every right. day. But ba- basically, so the the thought form or your intention. It's basically information. It's a kind of energy that contains information, right? Well, when you start getting to the energy tools, because I deal with pyramid energies and crystals and powered, mm-hmm. you know, antenna boards, and I'm holding one up. I'm showing her Celia now. Yes. It's uh, basically, you know, it's an antenna. It looks like a 2D pyramid, like a pyramid. If you flattened it out, it looks like a series of lines in a in a square or rectangle formation but the energies that would come off of this board that i'm holding it's the scalar waves or the scalar field or the torsion field like the russians called it this scalar field is basically a precursor kind of wave or it's a superior energy bandwidth to the regular emf that we're familiar with and the scalar field, some of the the attributes it has is basically what people would consider holographic because there's no distance dimension. 
this is and if you think about it if you understand the the scalar field uh it explains a lot of the paranormal phenomena because there's no distance dimension so we've heard of people doing you know long distance healing right there or you could even the christians when they're doing prayer sometimes they're not even in the room with the patient right they're just praying together and saying you know we hope our friend or family member gets better Right. And there's prayer groups that get together all the time and they'll, you know, focus and pray on one subject matter or a person. And the the scientific studies, right? What do they say? It works. (laughs) It works. works. I'm going to have a guy on and Uh he studies spontaneous Uh healing. So, uh, but he wrote a book. I heard him on a paranormal Uh podcast. He's a physician. So Uh he should be really interesting to come on to kind of talk about that and and that phenomenon. So, so basically, uh, the scalar field, it's an information field and it can have an effect with basically a millivolt level of charge. And what does the human body deal with less than a nine volt battery, far less. In fact, right. I've almost burned my brains out uh, using myself as a guinea pig with the powered equipment. Cause I make it by hand. Right. And let me tell you, I almost burned my brains out with a nine volt battery. Okay. <laughs> so I was having off the charts, vivid dreams. Oh uh, yeah. 24 seven sitting next to a powered pyramid. But basically if these, you know, if your thoughts, if your intentions are basically information, right. And the waves coming off of this powered equipment can act like a carrier wave or basically boost your own thought forms or intention, this starts to explain a lot of the, the psychic phenomena and so forth, because, you know, any of us who are practiced, or maybe you just had in the bloodline in the family mm-hmm. can think about a subject can think about a person and, boom. and, and pull information. That's yeah. again, no distance dimension, right? Uh, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of things with that a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I actually practice it and study it. The more you practice it, the better you get at it. Uh, it's I mean, a muscle. It's a muscle. I mean, my yeah. parents do it. My parents are incredibly intuitive. Like one day, I don't know what was going on with my dad, what he was doing, but everything he said, boom, it was manifesting. Like he's like talking to me. He had some issue with his AT&T bill uh-huh. and he had a senior person like take care of it for him. Uh-huh. And so he was like talking about, he's like, yeah, you know, this guy's supposed to call me and I don't know when. And boom, as mm-hmm. soon as he said it, the guy called him and, and said, oh, I, we cleared up everything for you. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's talking about something else and boom, that person calls. And I'm like, oh, you're on fire today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, another thing with the uh, scalar field is uh, it has the ability to imprint on anything. And, you know, some of my boards, uh, I, I wasn't the first to do this experiment, but it was a plant growth experiment, right? So I saw it online and I have the same equipment. So I took a pack of tomato seeds, I divided them in half. One was going to be the control. So untreated, the other half was going to be imprinted or charged. So that was going to be the experiment there, right? Same pack, same pack of tomato seeds, just divided them in half. I put them on the, the radionics board 
right? Uh-huh. I, and I basically, I used a growth frequency and I put them on the output plate. I charged it for 45 minutes, one time before planting. And then I, you know, put them in the same pot, same soil. I watered them, got the same sun. So same water, same soil, same pot, same sunlight. The only difference is half the seeds were charged with growth frequency. The other half were untreated as a control. Five weeks later, the difference was like this. It was like four or five times more growth. Sounds like a science project. Well, you know, this is scientific method. We're just using voodoo. That's all, you know, so. So basically, what was the, you know, aside from the initial cost of the equipment, how much did it cost to to cause quadruple growth? Pennies, maybe? Right. It's mainly the the understanding that this can happen. It's not so much the equipment itself. And so this in itself shows that there is no scarcity. Because we're presented, we, we only got this 3D in front of us. But the fact of the matter is, if you can pull from the ether, you pull from an area of whatever you want to call it, higher, the, you know, the, the higher self, the, the God source, whatever you want to call it, the potential is unlimited. So I think that's another thing. People, those of us that have been in this area, once you start realizing this and, and also, trust me, getting your butt kicked for decades oh, yeah. and then doing your self work. <laughs> Then, you know, you don't have so much of the fear because that's what I, I really see is, is fear that's holding people down. Right. You know, so. Um, and oh, guess what that growth frequency was? I, I later found out what it was, was the well, you, you ever heard of the the I think what is it called the music of the spheres? It's like each planet has a vibration. Yes. That growth frequency was the tone or vibration of Jupiter which is what the planet of expansion, right? Wow. So now we're getting in, now we can see if you were pure science and you had all equipment I had, you might not connect it all together. But if you know some basic esoteric knowledge about astrology, that starts to make a lot of sense. Well, Jupiter's expansion. So why wouldn't the, the, the vibration or frequency of Jupiter make you make something grow bigger. But you got to be careful because if I left that on all the time, I'd be eating them tacos and then I start to expand, you know? So (laughs) (laughs) people can do that with their own energy. Like one time I had a friend, she was a physician. Mm -hmm. She went away and she asked me to go stay at her place in Silver Lake and to Uh take care of her plants. Right. And all, and I got there and the weirdest thing was all her plants were like dead or dying. Uh-huh. And I was just like, why did she want me to come here and take care of these plants? It was the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I just started taking care of them. I got rid of all the dead leaves, you know, and I would talk to them. I would play music. I would just do all kinds of wacky stuff. I mean, she had an amazing view of the lake. So I would mm-hmm. hang out there and she told me, just come here and write, do whatever you want, you know, but just take care of my plants. So she came back after about a week. Right. And she calls me up. She's like, what'd you do to my plant? I go, why? She sends me this picture and I guess this plant was this twirly cactus, right? Mm -hmm. It had this huge flower. Mm -hmm. He's like, I've had this plant for seven years. I've never seen it flower. And it was literally dying when I was there. Well, you know, living things, they need to pay attention to them. Yeah. (laughs) 
such a wild story, but all her plants, I came back to life and I was just that, you know, I would just do my thing, you know, I'd kind of talk to them and touch them and I'd play music Mm -hmm. and I'd water them and, you know, uh, and take out their dead leaves. And well, well, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, I'm assuming you're a city person. I'm a city person. Yeah. Desert. Like I go back and forth, but, but you know, I do recognize that the skies are different than when I was young. Oh yeah. Cause oh, there's, my all God. Chem, there's all the chemtrails, but, chem- but, but in general, I <laughs> think that Del Rey says the chemtrails over. <laughs> right. So <laughs> yeah. The, well, Alex Jones claims that, that she stole that from him. So, <laughs> so cause he said something about, uh, he was on vacation. This is Alex Jones that he was on vacation at, at a resort or something, country club. And he mentioned chemtrails or something. And then she came out with the song, the chemtrails over the country club. club. (laughs) But you know, in general, like people, they used to be much more connected to the, to the seasons and and the, the earth. Right. And now, um, people, have pretty much lost that the only connection to anything they have natural is a lot of times their pets right the pets and uh you know i've talked about this too that um people have lost extended family for sure but even their own sense of family and uh you know connecting to what's happening now globally they are not comfortable with the concept of death because in the, you know, maybe a hundred years ago, people used to die in the family home. Right. And, and you would see the circle of life. You would see the children be born. The children would spend time with the family members and the grandparents and the aunties and the uncles. But now when people get old, a lot of people, they put them in the care home or the hospital and they don't want to see that. But the fact of the matter is, we are all going to leave at some time. And this was just, of course, why wouldn't you know that? But people don't see that. They, they don't see that uh, much anymore. You know, and uh, I was saying my, my mother's family is Buddhist priest for like 400 years. I'm an L.A. boy, but I grew up going to temple, which I can't go to now for one year. But I, I grew up in the Buddhist temple. And it, one of the things the Buddha's disciples did, one of your first tasks was to look at a funeral and basically they would build a funeral pyre. You know, they have the, the, they would stack the logs and put the body on the top of the person that had just passed. They would light the funeral pyre on fire and you would have to stare into that fire and see the body be incinerated because the under the implication or understanding is this is going to be you someday so you have to contemplate the circle of life you know but somehow we're at the point now where people are so selfish and so materialistic they want to live forever in a machine called artificial intelligence which seems pretty ridiculous to me but <laughs> right so. it's, yeah it's just so weird but there is uh-huh. Somewhat of a resurgence of uh, normalcy with hospice care where people are being seen and and some are being, are are dying in their homes with their loved ones around them. Those that are lucky, I should say, 
And then there's uh, a thing called a death doula, where oh. it's someone like a nurse who helps, almost like a shaman, helps the family and the person passing on, kind of like a hospice person does as well, uh, to pass on, you know, and, and helps them with the process. And, and that's also called in Greek terms, a psychopomp. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's important because, you know, I, I think it's been engineered to be this way, but how, whatever the case, the situation we have now is that, uh, the power has been taken away from the family, you know, now you could reclaim right. it like you're saying, but in general, they've broken down kind of nation states they broke the tribes they broke the family extended families down to a nuclear family and then those families start breaking down you know so it's like if you want to you know try something different because it's obvious we're in some kind of economic political but social crisis right (laughs) well you know yeah, might, might not be a bad thing to go back to what we were doing for tens of thousands of years and being a family. How about that? You know, so, right. just, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and just being uh, very simple instead of mm-hmm. being preoccupied with stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how the economy has been going around. Like you need all this stuff to keep mm-hmm. up with the Joneses. Well, well, you know, it's not bad to. to you need the you need the degree. Yeah. You need the more and more and more. Well, you know, I think even though that that there have been studies that say after you pass a certain income is basically diminishing returns, you know, so how much do you really need? Right. But and I'm not saying, you know, what? hey, I like nice things, but I like nice. If if you want to be a balanced person, you need to offset it with the other side. Right. And like I was saying, you have the 3D material. If you're talking about the astrological archetypes, this world is ruled by Saturn, the planet Saturn. Or, you know, for Capricorns out there, that's your planet, right? It's 3D, <laughs> right? But the other side of it would be the energy. And, and, you know, this is known in the physics, right? Was it the E equals MC squared? Einstein said you could convert matter to energy and back and forth. Right. So where's the contradiction? This is just known, but I think people just haven't thought of it. You have your above board 3D material, but there's an energy component. But another word for energy is spirit. Right. People have been despiritualized. And all these things are like a muscle. Even the dum-dum that don't think too much, but he goes to church every weekend. He's probably more than your average person that never went at all. You know, you, you got to and you don't have to go to your traditional church or temple, but you should spend some time and focus on those topics, you know, and it's like they say, some of the Christians say, you know, it hits you to another, to another level when you start realizing your life is the book, because all these things that are taught in the traditions, it's not abstract. It's about the experiences that all people have, right? Well, I think, have you seen that movie Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell? And I talk about it all the time uh, it, where he um, is this guy, he's very in his head, he's very robotic and mm-hmm. he doesn't start waking up until he hears this voice that says it's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. 
And so his whole life is being narrated by a narrator. Mm -hmm. So he he doesn't start shifting his life until he's faced with death. Right. That's that, that is very deep because they say that a lot of people, they do not, I don't want to say rise to a certain level, but they do not, I would say this, it's a, it's a critical point for a lot of people when either they have a, a life-threatening condition, they have a close family family member die, or basically they see death. Right. And uh, you see this a lot, that it totally transforms the way they live, the, their, the, life. The, they live their life. You, you, know, you know who's one person like this is Ice-T, the rapper and actor? Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm. I can't remember who it was. It was. I think one of his parents died because he was. He grew up back east, but then when he came to L.A., and I think he went to Crenshaw High School. He, he grew up in Crenshaw for, for sure. Uh, he was already as a teenager very serious. Like he had that drive to. He wanted to accomplish something. You know why? Because he saw as a child or as a young person death in his face he said this ain't no joke i get it i better get cracking because this could happen at any time you know so, well, you know yeah perception about what life really is yeah. it, it's full uh, it, we've been conditioned as a society like you uh are a child you go to school you grow up you either mm-hmm. go to college or you just get a job you get married you have a family you buy a home you buy cars and then it's over mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's like uh, they conditioned you to think this way when there's it, it, and and so people get crazy. Oh my gosh, I'm on my I, I gotta have two kids. I gotta get married. I gotta find that guy. Well, do you really? Who who made up those rules? Well, also, you know, everybody has a different setup. So this is the benefit of esoteric reading. Setup as in, well, everybody comes in with like a poker hand. Uh, personality profile so you know uh like for example for me i'm a scorpio sun but i got a lot of uh capricorn energy which is move slow i'm a a scorpio sun and a taurus rising so that's double fixed and i got a lot of cap energy trust me i i thought I, i would be doing what i'm doing now like 10 or 15 years ago but if your setup got them slow moving planets, good luck. You're going to have yeah. to just wait it out. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying is like, I look at where I am as far, you know, my business is doing fine. But as far as like, if, if you were very poor at the taco truck, wondering if you should get that other taco, cause you're that poor, it kind of blocks you, at least from my mentality, you know, you're not going to be having kids and that kind of stuff. So I look at my friends and a lot of them are already married and they have kids and all that. Uh, but everything has a rhyme and a reason. Also, I'm, I think I'm in my seventh year of doing my own business. I could not have done it if I had a lot of those responsibilities, I think, because basically the business was my baby. Right? That's, right. A real ca- that's a real cap thing to say, but, you know, it is true. There, well, there's no off time. Yeah, I'm doing it 24-7. So I can relate to you. I'm the same yeah. way. Yeah. You know, people yeah. ask me all the time, oh, my gosh. 
like, what are your hours that you work? Do you work 40 hours a week? And I just start laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because it's like, I feel like I work all the time, but I enjoy what I do so much. It doesn't feel like work. I feel like this is what I'm meant to be doing. It's amazing. And I see the magic in it, you know. Uh, and, and going back to energy, I just wanted to touch up on the quantum, uh, entanglement and what I, in Albert Einstein quoted it to be spooky stuff or spooky, weird stuff. I think something like that. Spooky interaction. Well, you, do you know about the spooky two rife machine? What's the spooky two rife machine? Uh, well, in 2014 well okay let's talk about rife first so royal raymond rife was an american i don't know where he was born but he was based in san diego for a long time and he did some work in basically la this would be around the 20s and 30s uh he developed a method of frequency uh therapy because they don't like when you say healing right but frequency therapy, and the idea was everything has an innate vibration or frequency. Uh, and I think everybody has heard of or seen the concert singer when she hits a certain pitch. If she keeps that pitch and holds it, eventually the wine glass will shatter because you, you're resonating and vibrating to the frequency of the wine glass, right? If you keep hitting it long enough, it will shatter, right? This actually is the same with every virus and bacteria and pathogen. They he right figured this out in the 1920s and 30s. And uh, basically, it it's a non pharmaceutical way to improve a patient's condition. They did a medical trial at USC, probably in the, I don't know the exact year, but it probably would have been the early 1930s. And they cleared 14 to 16 patient cancer patients that were considered terminal within about four months. Wow. Now, of course, at that time, there wasn't as many toxins, uh, all these kind of things that are around now. So it might have been easier, but that was a very good. I think they actually did clear all of the people in the trial. It might have taken maybe two to four of them another two months before they they were clear, right? They had a banquet for Rife, I think around 1934 in Pasadena, and it was called the End of All Disease. And they invited the top physicians from across the country and they have a photo of all these physicians and rife and they're saying this is a breakthrough you know because you could apply it to basically any condition that has to do with virus and bacteria And, and a lot of people uh you know if you just because there's like layers of toxins environmental uh things that you're eating you know whatever that if you just start lifting the layers of things your body, the immune system has to fight off, the body will naturally heal itself. So even if you're not hitting the exact condition, you can, it, it's like a helping hand, right? Well, you know what happened, this being the 1930s, 
they said this is way too cheap and way too effective and they canned it they they dragged him through court and he died an alcoholic and a broken man because you have to think uh well number one inventors they tend to have very strong personalities and they're smarter than the average bear but that including the fact that if you know you created something that could heal the planet and they took it away from you and the people that could break somebody you know and that's kind of what happened to tesla it's a very it's a very similar story um the technology lived on uh and then in 2014 uh, and these machines were quite expensive they could be like twenty thousand dollars or something you know uh and then in 2014 uh a man named john white who is from new zealand but he he lives in china now at the basically the the factory the company he started a company called spooky two interesting related to einstein saying that you know quantum this is the quantum entanglement is spooky action it, it don't happen like that but it is a joke it actually does happen like that it does <laughs> so, happen it's happened so, to me yeah me with people like i uh-huh. uh, there was someone who was i was dating and i talk about him a lot on this podcast because i'm trying to figure out what actually happened you know what actually was going on because there was a lot of telepathy between us and basically is our stories got entangled you know our energies got entangled we have similar backgrounds we're doing similar things we have very similar ideas uh and it was it was a very interesting entanglement like when we got together the energy was off the charts between the two of us Mm -hmm. uh sometimes both of us would get so exhausted just that that that, that's very common though um Probably, probably women might notice it more, but mm-hmm. it's especially if you if you have that romantic connection, right? That you become very connected to that person. I've had that happen also. Yeah, right. It's it's pretty intense. I mean, it feels like a draw. It, it just feels like you are super duper so, hot. So, so sometimes it's not meant to be like that, though. Yeah, I I, I think the 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 relationships last the longest it's more even it don't get to them yeah it's very true it's very true it it was exhausting it was too much uh and it it was a lot to handle you know uh because it's like you can't i couldn't focus um Uh, it's really hard for me to focus and get back to doing stuff that i needed to do and he had it's it's happened to me now now i just work Cecilia. so (laughs) I got I got little I got Lilith and Gemini, so that's all I'll say. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, spooky too. Uh, number one, the company you order direct from the company, so there's no distributor cost. So the cost went from maybe, you know, maybe at that time it was five ten thousand down to maybe like four or five hundred. That oh. was a major leap. Okay. Number two, uh, to that point, the most common method of uh, transmission of the rife signals or frequencies was through the tens pads. So uh, basically electrical contact through the body, right? Spooky two major made a major leap because they, you're talking about holographic energies. They came out with a quantum remote. So it's basically a very tiny scalar antenna. And then you could, uh, 
put a DNA sample and the easiest one would probably be fingernail clipping. That's the one most of us use for Spooky 2. You put the fingernail clipping, which has the client's DNA on there or the patient's DNA. As soon as you run the frequency, the voltage goes into the scalar remote. It's a little antenna. And that those waves will hit the DNA sample, which is a fingernail clipping typically, no matter where you are in the world. You can, you can take an airplane, go to Australia. If you're in LA, you can go to Sydney. You will start receiving those frequencies. Wow. And, uh, I'll, I'll give you a couple testimonials. One for myself. I had a wart on my hand, right? And I had been using spooky two for a while by then. And I took a clip. Now I could have just used the fingernail clipping, but in my mind, I was like, there's probably some viral particles or something in the skin. So I clipped a little skin sample. I put it in the remote and I didn't even, you can do a, a tailored scan to your own body, but I didn't even do that. I just picked the general presets and spooky two has like a database with like 60,000 frequencies. I just typed in wart, right? And it's like wart set one, wart set two. I'm like, okay, doot, doot, doot. and I picked the presets. I let that run for about four or five days. And you know what happened? Yeah, that right. wart just dried up and disappeared. Wow. In about four days. So if that's placebo, that's a pretty powerful placebo, right? I got a buddy that he used to play uh, pro sports. He was a football player. And, you know, all, a lot of them dudes, they took steroids. So it really damaged um, his liver and some of them organs. So he gets gout very easily now. And he's in his 60s. So uh, he has, he got spooky too on my recommendation. And then there's frequencies that you can run for like arthritis and gout and those kind of things. So he runs that on a 24 loop, but on the quantum remote. So he was at work one day and then his foot started to tingle. And he says, that's the first sign of a gout attack. And so he went home and the, the power in the building and was in this uh, apartment building got cut. So the, so the machine went off. Wow. Uh -huh. So you, you, so again, you put a plus B equals C. He didn't know the power went off, but he felt it in his foot. He's just like, yo, I'm starting to get a gout attack. So because the machine having the machine off gave him an extra kind of leeway. He used to brag about it. He was like, oh, I could drink coffee now. I could do this. And <laughs> now he, now, now he don't do that. Cause he got a serious gout attack, but it basically using frequency and this is holographic influence, right? It, it it gave him more headroom to not fall into the area where he would have a gout attack. So, and there's many stories, like basically it does work, this Rife machine, but it's, you're talking about Aquarian age. You know, a lot of people say we are in the Aquarian age now. The, the symbol of Aquarius is two wavy lines. It almost looks like yeah. a Wi-Fi symbol. And Aquarius, it, deals with energies that you cannot necessarily see with your naked eye, just like Wi-Fi, right? And so Spooky 2 or any class of these uh, machines that are dealing with the holographic influence, this is an example of the higher aspect of Aquarius. You're using the technology, but with somewhat of an esoteric mind to induce the effects that you want in this case for health, you know. I'm yeah. totally gonna buy Spooky too. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm staring at one. I'm oh. not going to grab it, but I'm staring at one right in front of me. So, <laughs> yeah. Love it. I love it. Yeah. But totally true. I studied it myself. Even um, there's tons of books. Uh, there there is this one guy. I read his book. I have it here. Um, he was a cancer surgeon, and he mm-hmm. started to really look at certain patients that did well and certain patients that didn't do well, and he thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was all about their uh, their energy and how they mm-hmm. thought about their lives. Like, did they think that the chemo was working? Yes. If they thought it was working and it was going to heal them, then usually they got healed. If they thought that the mm-hmm. chemo was not healing them, then they usually died. But it was really interesting. It was their brain power, their energy, well, their, their I, thoughts. I think we're in a global experiment right now. Oh yeah. You're, you're, you're seeing, you're that seeing the population is. split in half Be, because, yes. because, because now, and I'm not saying that there, there, you know, obviously there is something out there that people are right. getting people sick. People are dying. People are getting sick. People are dying. Are overwhelmed. We know that that's a fact. We're not saying that that's yeah. not happening. I but, did get sick. I got sick, you know, so but, it is the the, real I, it, 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 it relates back right back to what you said. The mentality has a lot to do with it because so I'm a Silver Lake, California, right? So a very, uh, uh, you know, I guess you could say it's pretty far left, I think, you know, and so it just tends to be that a lot of the people, you know, and, and they're they're doing it for a good purpose, but they're hyper paranoid. Oh, yeah, they all getting work. sick. Well, yeah. at the lake, they walk in one. A, yeah. It used to be because the wind only goes in one direction. Right. So. It used to be where you could walk in two different lanes, yes. you know, in in uh, opposite directions. Now you can only go one circle around. Well, well, you. Know, you I thought you, that was the weirdest thing. And and one day when COVID had just no. happened, I was walking there, and people were screaming at me. Mm-hmm. You're walking the wrong way. Don't you read the signs? You're walking yeah. the wrong. You, you got you got blood on your hands, man. You trying to walk the other way? Come on, <laughs> I, you, you you're probably one of those people that only wears one mask. Don't you know we're supposed exactly. to wear four masks now? <laughs> so so but but the what I find very interesting is uh, we just had a, a quote unquote COVID outbreak at the Skylight Books on Hillhurst. Oh really? Now you have to know. How did you pe- know that? Where did you? It was in like uh, one of the local papers. How, well, but, how are they saying there was a COVID outbreak there? I mean, like what? A couple. People I would have to go look, but you know, it could have been just one person. But they were saying that they had to shut down. Okay, so well, you have to you have to know any of the businesses around here. They are triple wiping things down, quadruple wiping things down. They're doing everything, and these people are getting sick. Yeah. Where I have been through LAX four times in the last couple months, and you got to know that is toe jam city. You're right. breathing other people's air. You're on the plane breathing other people's air. You're walking around with your socks touching that dirty ass floor. I didn't, you know, I went from LA to Austin and Austin back. And I went from LA to Miami to Sao Paulo, Brazil. And I went from Sao Paulo to Miami and back. I didn't get sick. 
Yeah, because you're you have that high frequency thing going on. Well, I, I think I think I you know I do wear the energy pendants. I wear the energy pendants twenty four seven, but I think mentality has a lot to do with it too because this is what people don't understand. It doesn't matter if you're trying to prevent something by the mere fact that your mind is so focused on it. It's just like example. My advice or what I would do, okay. If I had a girlfriend, we broke up and let's say, you know, I want no contact. What I do is I rip everything up. I make sure I clear my space, no traces of her anywhere. And I, I don't even think about her no more. Right. Right. Cause the mind, the subconscious mind does not make a differentiation between good and bad. It's just, you're thinking about her. So she's going right. to keep popping up. Right. Now these people that are thinking about the COVID all the time, you're going to attract that to you, but not just that. See, if you and I were to get sick, we may get sick for a few days or a week. And then probably because COVID is known to have a 99% recovery rate, we'd say, wow, that was pretty bad, but we got over it. But these people that they think this is literally Ebola, it is the black death. They could get seriously sick and even die because that's what they believe. That's true. I got it. And I didn't even know I had it. I just was like, oh, it's uh -huh. probably allergies. I had uh -huh. maybe a fever one night, uh -huh. aches. Um, I didn't even check my temperature. Yeah. I I still was feeling just a little off, but I, uh -huh. I you know, I, I was just feeling more achy. And it wasn't until my nurse from my clinic calls me and he's like, yeah. you know, if I'm calling you on a Sunday, it's bad. And I was like, what's yeah. up? And he's like, I got COVID. His whole family got COVID. He goes, you need to go get tested. And so I mm -hmm. got tested. Um, our manager got, to, everybody in the clinic got tested. And so mm -hmm. three of us got it and we had all worked together. So, mm -hmm. but still I was never bedridden. I was always doing something, you know, I was sick and I quarantined, but I, I go out for walks with nobody around me because I was in the desert. Mm -hmm. Not in Silver Lake. <laughs> well, well, you know, and this is not to say, you know, don't, take precautions and so forth. But I think a lot of people and even some of the people that are these, I would say, maybe too hyper aware or too hyper focused on this kind of thing. A lot of them 10 years ago, were talking about the secret and how great it is. And you can manifest <laughs> what you well, I think they forgot something. The yeah. more you, you know, take your precautions, you know, be, 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 you know, take your precautions, but if you hyper focus on it, you're going to get exactly what you want. Exactly. That's what they that's what they don't understand. They're thinking about it every day. They're even wearing the mask while they're alone in their car. They're <laughs> wearing they're, they're wearing four four masks now when they're jogging and nobody else is around. You, you better be careful about what you're thinking. Yeah. And then they're going to start anal swabbing you just <laughs> like they are in China. Well, anal well, I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the experts say that respiratory ailments, the best way to, to get a sample is through the anus. I don't know if you know that, Celia. Right. And the, you, the scientists, the, the scientists know, so you better listen. Right. <laughs> I'm going to explain it. I have some really interesting clickbait uh -huh. headlines, which uh -huh. are funny. Anal swab COVID test won't make you water like a penguin, China says. So mm -hmm. if you get a, a COVID test, you know, because I guess there was a video going around where people leaving a hospital, they were waddling like a, a penguin and it was going uh -huh. viral. 
And so they took it down off of YouTube because of that. And they were saying it was, it was fake, but uh, who knows? Uh, China's anal swab COVID testing scientists say, fissure this your butt's way more accurate. I know that was a weird headline, but I, I don't know what that meant. China's plan for anal swabs to test for COVID-19 is not nice, but it's the obvious thing to do, says a microbiology professor. Yeah. So that's that's how they're going to start testing it. And mm-hmm. um, well, there's a live porn site. This was really interesting. A live porn site, Strip Chat, is offering to have its models demonstrate the probe to get viewers comfortable Great. with it. All in the name of public health, of course. They've been sending out PR pitches broadly. Of course, you'd have to subscribe to their channel to see it. Okay. <laughs> well, do, do you remember the uh, the great toilet paper crisis of 2020? Yes! Yes! Well, you, you know that uh, we had a Saturn-Pluto conjunction in, I think it was January. It was either... December 2019, or it was like the very beginning of January 2020. And uh, Pluto rules poop. <laughs> and Saturn rules restriction or lack of. So that is an indicator that toilet paper would be like gold. So, <laughs> you know, the thing is, the world is basically a giant cartoon, but in people themselves are like cartoons, but they don't realize this and so the value of understanding these archetypal you can call them Jungian archetypes or the signs and symbols of astrology tarot numerology is that the world is you know it moves in cycles and patterns and i think the true intelligence is pattern recognition and you know for somebody with the ultra logical scientific mind the proof is in the, the the test right the scientific method so i i would i would just encourage people look at it and try it out before you discount it because it locks in man it does lock in and it is shocking how accurate some of these systems can be so you know literally the astrology was saying uh pluto connected to poop saturn is restriction 2020 equals toilet paper crisis oh my gosh so and i think that's continuing because uh you know the u.s as a country is in the pluto return which is the death birth moment Mm -hmm. so why wouldn't we be talking about swallowing our butts you know it's very true i mean cardi Uh b is literally she's beside herself there's a little tweet here i'm gonna read it i get COVID tested about four times a week my glam and management gotta get tested as well every time we get tested it's about 250 dollars each this is a seriously new business and so someone wrote i suspect that cardi b would no longer spend a thousand dollars a week on COVID tests if the dominant from form became anal swabs so <laughs> well <laughs> I think, you know, I think things are going to open up uh, next year in 2022, if the astrological cycles are hold true. Uh, but I think oh, that as, as like in how, like, what do you mean? Uh, by- uh, that things won't, as, won't be as locked down and the travel will open up, but it will probably involve the uh, COVID pass, right? So they're going to make it very difficult for you to go to like a concert, a festival, open spaces, 
uh, and travel without having some form of app connected to vaccination record. And I think, uh, vaccination, I think, you know, uh, that would be connected to the, the, in astrology, the, the, the nodes, the moon nodes. So we're in true node Gemini now. So this year is going to, for people out there, Donald Trump and Kanye West are Gemini's. So <laughs> this year is Gemini energy. So to give you any, any idea what 2021 is going to be, be about yeah. is Donald Trump and, and Kanye energy is it's cuckoo, <laughs> right. But, but the, the, the it's true like node, true node, uh, switches in January next year. And we'll go into Truno Taurus, I think. So things should open up at that point. But um, January 2022. Uh, February, February. February yeah. 2022. Interesting. We'll, we'll be in a Truno Taurus, I think. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I do. I traveled. I traveled. But in general, travel is restricted right now because... And, and again, you don't have to believe this, but it's it it is interesting that the astrological thinking locks in exactly with what's happening. Uh, so right now we're in a Gemini trend all through this year, and it started May of 2020 last year, and it goes all through this year. Uh, Gemini rules the local. Sagittarius, the opposite sign, rules international. So. If it's a Gemini trend, that means everything Sagittarian is restricted. That would include international travel. You think there's much? Now, I did it individually, but let me tell you, there are far fewer flights. And that flight I went on to Brazil, it was about half empty. I got three seats to myself going and coming back. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. And all the churches and temples are closed. Why? Because Sagittarius rules the preacher and the churches. So, again... You don't have to believe it, but it it is interesting. A lot of these esoteric uh, cycles and thinking it locks in exactly with what's happening. Yeah, so true, so true. I mean, I got my reads with Robert Phoenix and mm -hmm. uh, two years in a row, uh, and they were really interesting. You know, I kind of use them as a map, whatever resonates to me, but I followed what he had said one day and it, it was really, really interesting where it led me kind of completely different journey. And I learned more about going on this journey uh -huh. and learned more about AI and uh, language processing and uh, machine learning and uh -huh. stuff that I would have never, ever had learned about had I not followed the path. Well, as a practical thing. If you have an interest in the woo, in the fringe, <laughs> right, you will do very, if, if you formulate it in the right way, you could do very well because basically right now the client pull, no, as a reader, because I do many things, but as a reader, as esoteric reader, the client pull is basically unlimited right now because the, the common thinking or the norm is not answering the questions people have now. Exactly. And um, I do not even advertise. And let me tell you, just this past month in January of 2021, I did more readings than in four months last year. So if things are wow. even accelerating, okay? So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. 
do and start opening myself out to doing more online. I mean, even just with my classes, uh, uh-huh. people just shift even immensely. One of my students started to get uh, telepathic information uh-huh. from a loved one on the other side. It was interesting. Well, there was a message that she was getting from a writing uh-huh. prompt that I had given her. And she was just, and it was just so powerful. You could feel the energy of this person, uh-huh. you know, and it was a message that needed to be told. And she's like, I got it. And it was around Dia de los Muertos. Uh-huh. And my student happened to be Mexican American and her aunt had just passed over. And, and it was wild, wild. But, she and, and that's right around Halloween, right? So yeah. that's, yeah. The, do they call it Solon? Is, is that time when the veils are very thin so right. that kind of contact can happen more easily but basically you know there is now i'm not a new ager but there is this idea out there that a lot of people have heard of that basically the ambient level of the space we're living in the energy just bumped up or the the vibration or frequency just bumped up and uh you know they say we are entering the age of Aquarius, right? And Aquarius is a so-called air sign. We said the astrological symbol or icon of Aquarius, it literally looks like a Wi-Fi symbol and Aquarius is an air sign. Mm -hmm. So if you just go by, you know, I don't go by, you know, I just heard it and I repeat it. But if you look at what people have been saying, the archetypal, you know, wink, wink, the hints, right, of what, what the trend should be, it all relates back to what you're saying. Many people are now starting to have strange dreams, premonitions, uh, uh, ideas, realizations pop into their head. Why? Because Aquarius is one of those signs that has like an antenna and we should be able to more easily pull in information or just get information shoot in. Yes. Um, and didn't didn't did you for some for some reason in my mind you had in the numbers like a life path for or you had a four combination birthday is that true me four my my birthday's three five seventy three three five i don't i don't know why i'm thinking this but because you may have some kind of like aquarian uranian energy right three five you said three nineteen seventy three right right well we'll have to look at that later but i, yeah. I if, if you have a if you have a four combination in your numbers that is uh, aquarius energy so let's see you said three three uh-huh five, five. 1973 okay 1973 are you putting it in that app uh <laughs> i have it on that app oh yeah i forgot what came up yeah but yeah, why don't I why don't I just use my app? See, or so this 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 is what happens when you're in Mercury retrograde, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm liking Mercury retrograde this year. You know, um, for some reason, I got very excited about it because it gives me a chance to kind of declutter, go back to stuff like a lot of business stuff that was started and never finished. Like I have meetings that I I have to take that uh, just to resolve things that were never resolved but I feel much more grounded to do it right now, which is Mm -hmm. very, very interesting. So um, like it's, I am enjoying it. I mean, people get so scared of Mercury retrograde, but I I think, you know, I I think it's a great time to just kind of go over 
stuff that you need to, you know, if you Mm got to clean, you got to clean, you got to declutter, declutter, but be careful when stuff starts breaking down. (laughs) You got to have a backup plan of some, something. I just ran it real quick on the online calculator. I don't, I don't see any prominent fours, but you do have, uh, you're born on, you said 15th, right? You're born, right? Five. Oh, just five. Okay. Yeah. So you, 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 you like to do all kinds of stuff then. I have that, that, that five is so mercurial. Many, yeah. I have a, oh my gosh, I have millions of ideas. People think I'm nuts. I mean, I am kind of crazy, but uh, I have several projects. I have several ideas. I mean, I just uh-huh. on the last episode that we had on, we had Rachel uh, and she's chicks with knives and we're collaborating on a cookbook together. I mean, yeah, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> well, then you should have no problem writing this year because this year is is basically Gemini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I I just think that um, you know, the, the funny thing is, I'm pretty intuitive, but it might be because of that I I shied away from that. I was very logical thinking until I would say my college years, and then once I got out. Uh, again, it was at dot com level, so I I think I graduated UCLA in two thousand. So I had a long time to think because I was trying to do tech stuff, and there were no tech jobs out there. So it was that year in two thousand I became a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> I started reading weird stuff on the internet. Yeah. And, um, well, I think know. a lot of people did ninety nine two thousand. There was a huge shift. I mean, I started mm-hmm. looking. Differently. I was working at Disneyland mm-hmm. and I just started seeing how people were reacting and treating each other. Like I'm trying to save someone in the middle of Main Street there who's having a seizure and people are screaming at me to get out of the way because uh, they're waiting for the parade. I'm like, I have the ability to stop the parade, you know, because mm-hmm. I was a nurse or <laughs> I like to say mm-hmm. I was <laughs> But um, if I got to stop the parade, I could, I had that power to stop the parade there's someone in the middle of the floor but people didn't care and Mm -hmm. that happened to me in 2017 too i was doing a show in north hollywood Mm -hmm. uh, for nurses and hypochondriac storytelling and a an audience member fainted it was a really hot night and Mm -hmm. she had drank like uh, a cider or something and she fainted and i went out to help her i ran next door um because there were there were restaurants and they were having people doing storytelling and Mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. So I ran next door and there was a, a woman talking about her book. And I was like, I need some ice. Someone fell on the floor. Nobody moved. Nobody moved. I, I asked for help. Nobody moved. Then I mm-hmm. screamed louder and everybody stopped. And, and and there was a guy at the cashier. He got me a bag of ice. So I took the ice and I went outside and I helped the woman. She was on the floor. I uh, put the ice in the back of her neck, raised up her legs. You know, she was still talking to me. She was still... Mm-hmm conscious somewhat you know because I was like do you want me to call an ambulance she's like no and she came to and she was good she just had a vasovagal response she just fainted but the guy that was running the venue who was running this noho event came out and started screaming at me he said For what could <laughs> have been nice you were so rude to come in there and I'm not do you not see me on the floor with this woman who just fainted do you not uh-huh. see me that she's pale as a ghost I was like, are you, what? Is, I was like, we're in, I'm in a different dimension. You, you went off script. You try to help somebody. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I'm supposed to just leave her on the floor and just walk on top of her, you know? So I was just like, something is not right. You know, it's just disgusting. It just made me want to vomit. Well, you know, we could talk about a million different things, <laughs> but, but one of the things that I see that's very key, not just for people personally, but where we're going, it's knowing having some sense of who, who you are inside. Yes. And then also uh, the human race as a whole in general has a low self-esteem. Yep. So, you know, if, if, and so this is the benefit of doing your so-called internal work or they call the sacred feminine, right? Yep. I think as Westerners in general, most of us have a handle on the sacred masculine because that's, you know, go do it buy your bootstraps, go do it and all this stuff. But but the feminine person, is all about feeling. Nobody wants to feel, you know. Yeah, even the women, even the women, right? Don't want to feel. So that's what Netflix is for, coma. So, so a person can look physically strong from the outside, but a lot of people they are weak internally, right? Yes. And so, if you have a low self-esteem, you are going to block yourself. You're going to limit. You're not going to voice. You're going to limit your self-expression, and that's not good. <laughs> you can start there, but you should at least realize that nobody's perfect. We can all work on it, and everybody has something. I can assure you, and I'm very hard on myself, everybody has a certain skill in numerology based on the day you're born. That is a skill. Like, you're a juggler. You have all kinds of interests yeah. and quick, quick on your feet. I love how that's my yeah. numerology. Yeah, well, because because you're born on the fifth, right? So that's the juggler. Yeah. So I'm born on the 26th, which is eight combination. That that's Capricorn. I'm, I'm supposed to do my own business, you know. So yeah. just based on that, uh, everybody has some they can do. Don't you know? They they may tell you that I'm not something. I'm not anything. I don't know what. I do. Right. If you were born on the day of the month from one to 31, I assure you, you can do something <laughs> better than something else, right? But this low self-esteem, ultimately, it becomes artificial intelligence. Yes. Because yes. Uh, the hyper-focus uh, materialism, because remember, the 3D world is based on Saturn Capricorn energy. The, if you only, and you know, Saturn, to some people, they would say Saturn is Satan. They say this is Satan's world. Right. <laughs> if you only focus on the material to become the ultimate master of the material 3d world why wouldn't you become a robot because the right. robot can calculate faster it's the hyper logical it can live forever as a silicon based machine and you know people that have studied sociopaths and psychopaths even the psychopath has a tiny little itch of conscience <laughs> how, how how do you eliminate that last little bit of humanity you become the machine because the machine has yeah. no feelings have you seen the movie soul by disney nope, nope. i know i didn't want to watch it but i watched uh -huh. it uh -huh. you know um but it's really good and it talks about that point about how uh -huh. these people who turn into robots kind of go into this in-between world and uh -huh. there's 
guy who um, he's like a, a sign juggler and mm-hmm. he's then, and he rescues these guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a, it's a very interesting part. So, well, you know what? Cause there's, you know, I don't like it. I don't like all this AI stuff, but I can tell you, you can't stop it. It's going to happen. It's going to, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, especially in healthcare. Remember when, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it was the episode that you were on, on Robert's show, where he was talking about HAL 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah. So HAL is the AI in yep. 2001 Space Odyssey. And what is HAL doing? But HAL is taking care of all the bodies on this mm-hmm. spaceship mm-hmm. that are uh, frozen, right? Mm-hmm. So he's monitoring, I don't know how many bodies there are. And there's one guy just walking around kind of doing checks. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's doing. But then how starts to take over, mm-hmm. right? Yep, yep. So this how system, I see it. And I've asked many experts uh, in the nursing world, do you think that rob- robots and AI are going to take over nursing? And they've told me no. They're like, no, that will never happen. Well, they are naive. They that's, are naive. Because I've done a ton of research. Yeah. I've sat on many panels. Like I, I've yep. been watching these panels on robotics, uh-huh. on technology. The technocrats are ready to take over healthcare. They think they well, know. Well, the, th- the thing is, the thing is, is that it's and, ultimate. And it's going to be how, hold on one second. I'm going to do the Joe Rogan. Hold on uh-huh. one second. Uh-huh. Everybody says that I interrupt. So I'm going to be like Joe Rogan. Hold on. <laughs> so um, my point is what's going on now in the ICUs at many hospitals is lots of people are dying. Like uh, nurses are complaining that they're on autopilot, you know, and I don't blame them. I, I'm not I'm not blaming anybody. It is exhausting work, but they are saying that they're on autopilot. A lot of people are having what's called compassion fatigue. So what's going to happen is these technocrats are ready. They already have this technology. You know, so they're ready to jump on it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. See, humans can't do it anymore. They're not taking good care of these patients. So Hal is going to come in, you know, and everybody's going to be taking care of machines. So nursing's going to go by the wayside and there's going to be one person going around. <laughs> well, well, you know, if you talk about because really uh, they are most interested in efficiency and profit, right? Yes. So why wouldn't you go AI? Because it's going to be far more profitable. But right. the only thing is, it just ain't human. That's all. You right. talk about you talk about bedside manner. What do you, you think a, a robot is going to have for you right. as far as bedside manner? You know? Well, the, it's going to be like the how. Oh, how do you feel? You know, it's going to be trained to uh-huh. have a certain type of bedside manner. Like you're probably going to program it to whatever voice do you want the mom bedside manner? Do you want the dad, you know, do you want the nurse bedside manner? That's what's going to happen. The technology is already there. They're just waiting. I think, I think this whole COVID crisis is pandemic, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's opened the door for that. Cause it's going to say, Oh, see, see, Oh, we, we said it all along, but you didn't want it, but now you need it right now. We're going to show you. You know, because we know more. I've been to so many um, places where people are there developing technology, developing all kinds of devices. There's no healthcare people out there. And I'm the one, I'm the only nurse. And and I because it's my screenplay, and this is what I always tell people in my classes, your life is your screenplay. You could do whatever you want. Yes, there's going to be stuff that could happen when you do. So I'm always the one standing up at these things. And I'm like, hey, so do you employ any nurses or any 
human beings in the medical field to help you with this technology as mm -hmm. consultants. And they're like, what? Why would we do that? Well, you know, the thing is, <laughs> see, this, this, this is the thing. There is a value to so-called religious studies, philosophy, yes. and spiritualism. So the story of the past cycles, such as Atlantis, whether it existed or not is besides the point because the mythology has a lesson in it. And supposedly in the past cycles, what caused the collapse? The people got too heady. They got too in their head, too mental. Yeah. Just like it's happening now with these tech elites and they became separated from the earth cycle of life. We, we talked about that before, right? The, the natural circle of birth and death. And basically these egghead priest class, which is kind of like the tech elites now, you can include this. It's the scientists and the tech elite priest class. They blew up the damn planet because they, they got out of their minds and they were so unbalanced. When you have extreme power and, and no moral sense, things tend to go bad. <laughs> so we're, 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 I'm not saying that the planet's going to blow up again, but we are repeating the cycles of the mythological past. Whether it actually happened that way or not, we are following the mythology, you know. It's so, so true. Well, Masaki, this has been an amazing, mm -hmm. super fun talk. I've been wanting to have you on a long time. So, uh, and I, I'm glad we got to talk about the anal well, swaps. Let me, let me tell you one more thing, because I got so hyped up on coffee. I had my phone in my pocket the whole time. So I pulled up your numbers on, uh, on my phone app. Guess what? You have a maturity number eight. Yeah, we if people know Chinese, Chinese love eight. You see, right. eight, eight, eight seafood because eight, <laughs> eight is Saturn Capricorn energy. Is it, you know Chinese is like money, prosperity. Guess wow. what, Acilia? You have a maturity number eight. So basically, that comes in, in the forties. It gets stronger and stronger. You know what that means? You have the you have the opportunity to do something very powerful as far as business. Awesome. Yes. And it's coming. It's yeah. coming. I feel much more balanced and Zen this year. Like even uh -huh. 2020, I started to feel it more, but uh -huh. now 2021, it's like, I've already launched. I did a quick fire challenge. I've done, I, so far this, this mm -hmm. January, I did a lot. And so February I'm planning to do much more. So, um, I'm riding that wave. It's so much fun. So where can people find you? Or uh, well, uh, they can find me. My website is akaida.com. It's A-K-A-I-D-A.com. I have a uh, YouTube. It's Akaida TV on YouTube. And I have a Patreon. It's Pyramid Power on Patreon. And that would be for people like I think I have like over 50 hours of shows on there. I have live streams where we talk about various topics. And my main things are say energy tools like uh or organite pyramids powered pyramids you know rife machine radionics they call uh it's kind of like digital voodoo or as the brazilians <laughs> say macumba digital yeah <laughs> i love it yeah awesome well it's been tons of fun and lots of energy and lots of um fun topics so uh i'd love to have you on again so we'll see what happens. 
the coming year. All right. All right, cool. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to our Nurses and Hypochondriacs podcast. We love your support and we love our listeners. If you have some spare change, go ahead and throw some to us on our Venmo at Nurses and Hypocon. Also, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love that. And if you'd like to be a guest, go ahead and send us an email at nursesandhypochondriacs at gmail.com. 